What is my trainer really thinking about during our sessions? What does it take to become a fitness professional? What do group fitness instructors even think about? Let's dive into these questions, confessions, and more. Join me every week for a Talk Tuesday session where we will uncover confessions of fitness professionals. Welcome to Confessions of a Fitness Professional. I'm your fit pro, Andre Anderson. And if you're watching this, you might notice I am wearing pink. It is, I'm recording this on October 3rd, which is unofficially, but let's be real, officially in the millennial world, known as Mean Girls Day. And it was wear pink today. So there we go. I'm wearing pink and living out my true millennial self. I have to say it is one of the strangest things, and now I think I understand our parents or my parents' generation, because my parents would talk about this, when a younger generation, quote, discovers something, they all think that they discovered Mean Girls. And I love to take those opportunities to school them a little bit. And I will say fun things like, you know, I saw that movie in a theater before I had a cell phone and they're freaked out. They are freaked out. They're like, no, there has never been a time without cell phones. Who goes to the movie theater? Although I think that's making a comeback this year. I, that's my hot take. Movies in the theater are making a, a big comeback. And it's just, it's so fun to talk with, what generation are they even? The students that are currently in high school, is it like, Generation A, because they're not Z. They're like the next generation. There are a, there's a solid 20 years between me and them. So it's really entertaining and they're kind of just like, okay, Ms. Anderson, whatever, whatever. We got it, you're old, cool, cool. So, so funny. But now I think I appreciate what our, my parent generation went through when we all thought we discovered Bob Dylan and we discovered all these great bands from the 60s and 70s when they were like, cool, I listened to that on a record player. One song on that record player and you had to flip it over for the other side if you were lucky. So here's to you, here's to you. I, I get it now, I get it now. <laughs> totally unrelated. I was, I've been thinking a lot about today's confession. It's something that I didn't really plan to happen, but I have been using this phrase or some combination of this phrase in a wide variety of, of different situations and capacities. So I'm really living lately the idea of my boundaries. I feel like I've been talking about boundaries since I first started getting into the blogging world back in, my gosh, 2009, I think is when I started my very first blog. If anybody's out there, Chestertown Fit for Life, that was my first iteration of the blog. I talked a lot about boundaries and alignment and originally talked about balance, switched to alignment and now it's all about boundaries. And while I think I've, I've 
had a good sense of boundaries. Like I know what I like and I know what I do not like. It's been a learning process to understand how to say no and how to mean it and how to say no without feeling guilty about that answer. I think I would create the boundary and I would say no and then I would feel really badly about saying no and sometimes I would even do this thing where I would go back and be like, just kidding, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I think when you're first starting off in your your profession, it doesn't necessarily have to be the fitness profession, although this was absolutely true of me as a new fit professional, you want to just say yes to everything, even at the cost of your own sanity, even at the cost of your own financial, physical, emotional, mental boundaries and, and abilities. You you want to be out there. You want to make a name for yourself. You want to make all the connections possible. Or in any other professional world, you want the opportunity to be promoted, to move up, to to maximize your earning potential. And a lot of the time, depending on who you work for, like I've worked for mostly baby boomers my entire professional career, and what they value is hard work, the grind, showing up early, being the last one to leave. My first boss was like, if you aren't here like at least two hours past when we close, you're not dedicated enough. If you come exactly at 8.30 when work starts, you're not dedicated enough. And I felt that to my core and I so desperately wanted to elevate. I so desperately wanted to get promoted, be recognized, make more money. And I worked really, really hard to the point of my own sanity. Like I had no other life outside of work until I found fitness, which saved me, (laughs) saved me in so many ways. But it was like, if you weren't doing those things, it wasn't worthy of, you weren't worthy of being recognized or promoted. And so I did all the things I thought I was supposed to do. And I think I'm still kind of paying for all of that hard work, (laughs) all that hard work. And I think about the paycheck that I used to get for all of that hard work and it absolutely did not equate to the amount of work that I was doing. Absolutely did not. But anyway, the phrase that I've been using or a various iteration of this phrase is something along the lines of, I will look at this when I have the mental capacity to do so. I will respond to this when I have the mental capacity to do so. Thank you so much for reaching out. When I have the mental capacity to fully immerse myself in this and give a a beautiful response, I will do so. We are in this time of expecting instant, instant responses. And I know I have opened the floodgate to this because I do give my cell phone number out to everyone. I do. I allow people to access me at all times. And I think that's good when you're trying to establish yourself or kind of build a reputation as like, you can contact me and I mean it. You can ask me questions and I mean it. And finding success in the work that I do with high school students, they're on a totally different timeline and and schedule than I am. I mean, I am at 
school with them all day, but they don't really start focusing a lot of them until like nine o'clock at night. And that's when my brain has wound down for the night. Like I am done. <laughs> I am done. I try to answer their questions as best as I can later at night, but if it's something that requires thought, I'll get to it the next morning. And I used to feel guilty about it because I was thinking like, oh, they're really trying to work on something. I need to provide them a fast feedback as much as I can. And I will do so. I don't have like a hard and fast rule. It's not like nothing after 9 p.m. Because some days like I can, it's a simple question. I can answer it. I allow myself to be the gauge for that. And I don't, I don't stick to like, no, not doing this after this time. Because then if I do have the ability to answer it, it will eat me up all night and I won't be thinking about it until the morning. So I allow myself to create the boundaries and I allow those boundaries to be flexible that as it works for me. But I, I want people to understand the mental capacity of the work and the profession that I do. And I, I know, I know you have the same needs. And I feel like people respect that line and it's genuine. Sometimes I just don't have the mental capacity to answer somebody's request. And I'll kind of categorize it in order. I, I've sort of determined who gets my attention first. And if it's something that is not fulfilling my own goals, if it's not something that's fulfilling the goals of the work that I'm supposed to do, like if it's kind of outside those lines, Yep, it gets pushed. It gets pushed until I have the mental capacity to respond to it. And I will, I will get back to it. I will get back to it, but it might not be immediate. And here's what I found. Some people really respect that. Like I, I had a, a teacher come into my room asking a question, a request for a friend of somebody who was in a position, wanted to look at a different industry track. And I know I have bulleted list. I have an itemized list of all the things that that person could do. But I looked at him and I said, I will absolutely get you that information when I have the mental capacity to do so. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, right on, right on. And I was like, that's right. People will respect your boundaries. And if they don't, they're not the people that you want to be around. And that could be your boss, that could be colleagues, that could be the company that you work for. People only get their feathers ruffled by an answer like that when they are literally taking advantage of you. And I've been able to make that distinction and I will now adjust my response time and adjust my responses accordingly. Those who respect me, those who respect my boundaries and those who respect my professional capacity, I'm probably gonna get back to them first. They're gonna go at the top of that later list. Those who are like, no, I need it now. It is 6.30 p.m. on a Sunday and I need this information absolutely right now. No, if you needed it, you probably would have planned ahead and figured out a time to get to me in a normal working day, which is defined by you <laughs> if you're working for that person. So it's been kind of liberating to have that, 
boundary and to have that line and that response to people. I, I am learning, and maybe you are too, that not everything requires a response from you. I used to get so beat up if I did not respond back to somebody, a text or an email, like I had to get back to everybody. That was my thought. Like you have to be, you have to be nice. You have to be thought of as nice. I don't need to or want to be thought of as nice. I need to and want to be thought of as competent, authentic, professional. None of those things are nice. Nice is in my book being your ability to be taken advantage of. Nice as defined by others is your ability to be taken advantage of. I don't need to be nice. I don't need to be rude. I mean, I'm not gonna go out and be rude either. I don't think nice and rude are polar opposites. I think you can be rude. I don't think you should be rude. I don't think you should be rude. I've probably been rude to people in my in my line of work. I probably have, absolutely. You just have bad days, you have off days. But I don't want to go out of my way to be rude to somebody because that's not professional and that's not what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be competent, professional, authentic. And understanding how I want to be perceived and how I would like to put myself out into the world has helped develop those boundaries and has helped me develop that response time. I've left things unread. I've left things unanswered. I have, and I'm not gonna feel badly about it. I am not going to respond to you if you're asking me to do something well out the purview, well outside the purview of what is written in my job description. I'm not gonna do it. I have gotten to the point where I will sometimes just say, uh-huh, yeah, sure, and then just not do it. That's okay, that's okay. I, I think it's important to really understand how you want to put yourself out there, how you want to be perceived, and to really figure out your boundaries and what's important to you. Not everything is gonna be important to you. You're not gonna jive with everything. You're not gonna be able to handle the load of everything. And here's the best part of that. It's allowed to change. Your boundaries are flexible determined by you. Because at the end of the day, I have spent so many, too many, and you probably have too, too many days completely stressed out by a request that was made by somebody else. For usually the way it ends up is like it didn't even matter. I've been stressed out by a task that's been placed on me that has nothing to do with my job, only to get there and find out that somebody else already did it or it wasn't actually that important and that person was just absolutely stressed in the moment and just reaching, pulling for anything that they could. So now I don't treat those requests as stress for me. If you're stressed coming to me for something that you're expected to do or that others have expected you to do, that's not my problem, that's your problem. And I'm not gonna be rude, like if I have the mental capacity, I'll help you, but I'll give you a good example. There was this um, semi-professional, we're not going to call them professional because this was not a very professional person, who was also offering services at the same place that I was to students. And this person was having a, a, a bad day, was running late, and I don't know their schedule, I don't know their deal, I don't know what they're supposed to be doing because that's not my job. They called me 
oh my gosh, could you please go tell these three people things and then go set up a table for me? And I was like, um, no, I can't. I actually have a job that I'm doing. I'm not just sitting here waiting for a request from somebody else. And that person had the audacity to complain to one of my colleagues that I wasn't helpful and I was not nice and I didn't like them. I mean, yeah, I wasn't helpful in that situation. I wasn't nice in that situation and I didn't like them in that situation. That actually was really true. <laughs> that was really true. And you know what? It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me because your stress for something that is unrelated to my goals and what I'm doing, yeah, I don't need to help you. I have no need to help you. And I realized that it's good to be kind to people and it's expected for a female, especially a female, to be nice and help people out. But you know what? If it's going to be at the expense of my own mental capacity, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Now, does that mean that I won't ever do a favor for somebody? Of course I'll do favors for people if it's in my mental capacity to do so that day. But I have been in a situation where I'm the only one that can handle something and I'm the only one working on something and nobody else has helped me. And no, that is not a good excuse or reason not to help other people, but I know it can be done. I know that individuals can do things on their own. And sometimes your stress response is just to reach out to the closest person that you think is nice to ask them to do your job, their job for you. Their job for them, how about that? <laughs> so all of that to kind of say, at the end of the day, no one, no one is looking out for you. Only you are doing that, no one. Not even your best friend, not even your really awesome boss who is super chill, not even your partner is looking out for you the way that you have the ability to look out for yourself. So you do need to create those boundaries and you do need to keep hold to them. And you should allow those boundaries to be flexible and you should allow those boundaries to change based on what your current mental capacity is. It might change throughout the year. Like I have a little more of a flexible schedule in the summer. So I have more opportunity to help and to do other things. And I will, I will do that. But when fall comes around, I have so many programs and events and so many students and I have so many classes and things to keep track of that I really can't help others in that season. And that's okay, that's okay. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. You might feel guilty about it at first if you're so used to people pleasing and helping others, but I'm here to tell you it's okay. You don't have to feel badly about it. You can outgrow feeling guilty about not helping people all the time, all the time. Now again, I'm not saying to be rude. And I really think having having defining those words so for myself it's it's you know uh, being professional it's being authentic and it's being seen as competent i those are the things i really value as a professional i encourage you to discover or determine your three words as a professional and that will help you figure out what your mental capacity is it helps you align with all the goals that you have and it helps you keep real to yourself and keep yourself first. Because again, no one else is gonna put you first the way that you put yourself first. No one's really gonna look out for you the way that you are able to look out for yourself. So that's a heavy confession for the day, but it really has helped me 
with my workload. It's helped me with my stress level. Like I have not been overly stressed. I've had stressful moments, but I haven't had stressful days or weeks like in the way that I used to. And a lot of stress comes from the expectations that others place on you. A lot of stress comes from the work that others expect you or, or ask you to do, not usually from things that you have originated yourself. Although I am known to put myself to create stressful situations for myself. Like example, yesterday I worked a 17 hour workday because I decided that I would host four college representatives for my students and then spend the entire afternoon and evening at a program that my company hosted. So it was a very long day, but I have a better compass for what deserves my time and my energy and I'm not afraid to use it. I'm not afraid to let it guide me and let it guide how I allow others to treat me. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth, but I just absolutely have been loving sharing. I will get to that when I have the mental capacity to do so, or I'm happy to assist you when I have the mental capacity to do so and mean it and mean it. Always be true to your word. That's this week's confession. Would love to know if you make use of that phrase or if you have something similar that you like to use to hold tight to your boundaries and stay authentic to yourself. Take care of yourself. Bye.